Hello and welcome back to Give Me a Break podcast. I'm your host Morgan Beckman and I'm so excited that you've joined me today whether you're listening in your car or at home or at work, wherever you might be. I appreciate all of your support and for listening to this podcast. Um, I actually got to go on vacation last week so I didn't record an episode because in honor of giving myself a break I gave myself a break and um, I definitely missed recording but I'm glad to be back this week and it's all been a little crazy you know like when you come back from vacation it seems like I don't know everything just like okay hit the ground running like let's do it um and literally right before I started recording this, my dog Chloe ran outside and I didn't know it. Like our garage door was open and there's this like random doggy door on our garage door. We did not put it there and there's no way like we can lock it. So we're just going to have to like get a new door, I think, that we can lock. It's a whole thing. But she literally like ran outside and thank the Lord for my neighbors who are very kind they grabbed her like I'm telling you she was probably gone for like 10 minutes and probably not really that long but it felt like 10 minutes and I was like Chloe Chloe oh my gosh where are you and my neighbor's like here's your dog here's your dog oh my gosh I was like thank you so much like oh my goodness like we don't live on a busy street but we live close to our street so like anything could happen just thankful so I'm literally holding her right now and you could probably hear, she's probably mad that I'm holding her. But Ty's mowing the yard, so, like, he has to keep the garage door open. And I'm like, we're not having a repeat of that. So, yeah. But, yeah, we um, we just got back from vacation. We went to South Florida. My uncle and his wife lived down there in a beautiful home um, outside of Miami. So, like, literally it was just it was so beautiful there's a lot to do but we really just chilled at their house (laughs) most of the time they have a pool and it was just it was so nice and refreshing and Ty and I really needed that time just him and me so it was really good um had a really great trip but yeah I think that's like everything that's new with me um I really want to just jump on in to the questions. You know how I like to do it. Um, We have quite a few questions this week. And like always, you can go to my Instagram at Morgan for the people. (laughs) I will tell you in a minute where I got that Instagram name from. Um, But you can go there, go to my link tree in my bio and you can submit your questions there. I think I put the link in the podcast like description but I don't know for some reason it may not be linking itself so I'm gonna try to fix that before this episode airs so that it's a little easier for you guys so Morgan and Morgan to give it away Morgan for the people um that is my Instagram name because of the law firm Morgan and Morgan for the people I thought it was funny, and I had a friend in Nashville when I lived there. Her name was Morgan, too, and so, like, every time that would come on, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Morgan and Morgan for the people. It's not that funny, but that's why it's that way, and I'm for the people. Like, I love people, and I'm I'm for the people, baby. Like, let's go. 
that was cringy. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm for the people, so let's do it. So because I'm for the people, we're going to answer these questions. Okay, so the first question, it says, there's a lot of talk right now about spiritual abuse within the church. Do you think it really happens as often as people say? And why do you think it happens as often as it does? Okay, <laughs> let's dive right in, I guess. <laughs> There's a lot of talk right now about spiritual abuse. So, spiritual abuse can honestly, like, look different for different people. I do want to say, like, yes, it is real and it does happen. Um... I don't think people just wake up one day and say, I'm going to say that I was abused. Like, people that weren't abused, like, I don't think that they would, like, just say that. Um, There could be very rare cases, but honestly, yeah, I think it does happen as often as people say. Um, And like I said, it, it can look a lot different for different people. But I think it's one of the most despicable things within the church. Um, because I think abuse is one of the most despicable things that a person can do. And unfortunately, <laughs> the church is made up of imperfect people. But that is not a cop-out at all for anyone to use their spiritual authority or use the name of God to abuse someone. Because that is... I mean, that is the work of the enemy, you know. Um, the enemy is using them to destroy the church because that's exactly what he wants to do. And why do I think it happens as often as it does? I think although each issue that we've discussed this far about specifically like church leadership and and maybe negative things that are happening in the church. Although those issues aren't so black and white, I do think that the overall like theme as to why they happen is because there's no accountability for anybody. People want to get into a leadership role because they think that once you reach that, then you can be above people and that there's never anyone above you. Like, it's almost like this, in a way, like people want to treat it like the corporate world, like you want to climb the ladder of ministry, but that's literally like not what it's for. Although I think that like people can have careers in ministry, like me and my husband both have a career in ministry. And not even to say that you can't grow in that, but if your intention is to be, always to be over something, to have authority in something, that is so toxic. Like, that shouldn't be your intention. That can be the result of pure intentions of, I want to lead people. Not, I want to lead them in this, like, way that's abusive or this way that's like, I'm, I'm looking over them. I'm above them. Because that's wrong. But leading people in the sense of, hey, like, follow me as I follow Christ. I think that's, I think that's biblical. 
that's what being a disciple is and discipling people. It's just different verbiage, I think, now. But I would say, yeah, like, there's there's a lack of accountability for leaders that, you know, I think when we think about accountability, we think about, oh, like, let's, yeah, like, hold me accountable because I here's, here's some of this, like, obvious sins that I struggle with. Like, oh, like, I watch too much Netflix or I eat really badly or I eat my feelings or I don't eat enough or I'm... You know, I have a lust problem or I have a porn addiction or I have, you know, it can get dark pretty quick. Like I have these addictions like I need I need accountability. But very, very, very rarely do I hear anyone say. I need to be held accountable for my words that I say to people. I need to be held accountable for my intentions of my leadership and my ego, because we want to think like, oh, the moment we become a Christian and we become maybe like a pastor or just a leader in a church or even like even like just like a volunteer that is has a leadership role we think like oh I've arrived I don't really need that level of accountability anymore like I'm good but then we find ourselves acting a fool we find ourselves feeling so far from God and we realize that oh I've been operating in my own strength this whole time because my intentions were wrong this whole time and I won't go into to all of it but I know like me and my family um, different occurrences different occasions and by no means am I trying to like put anyone on blast at all but we've experienced spiritual abuse for sure. It happens, I would dare to say, in every church. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I, I think that there are people that I've, I've come in contact with, and again, working in a church, like, you see lots of things, you deal with lots of things, but even growing up, like, I, I know my parents have experienced that, and seeing the outcome of it is heartbreaking now while I say that you know we should let that abuse define us or what should we let that you know allow us to go down a dark path away from God no I don't think just like anything else we we should not blame God for people's actions towards us because that's not God that's not God doing that to us that's not God you know in that he can use it he uses everything for our good but it's not him making it happen because that's just not his nature so (sighs) that's a really tough question honestly because yeah I mean to boil it down like why do why do I think it happens as often as it does also Ty's mowing so if you if you hear that that's him um But why do I think it happens as often as it does? Because there's no accountability um, for some for some of these places. I will say that, you know, where I work is obviously not perfect. No church is perfect. But I do think that our lead pastor and even, you know, my boss, like there is this level of accountability that they walk in. But I think that um, 
that trickles down. You know, I'm a firm believer in trickle down leadership in the sense of whatever the leader does and tolerates and celebrates, those things will be replicated. So again, they're not perfect. So there are things that I think slip through the cracks sometimes, of course, but at the end of the day, it's not an environment where you're um, being celebrated for being that way, for being abusive in any way. But at the end of the day, like, I think that a lot of people, like, have different opinions about how this should be exposed. But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of churches that have a big platform, and they're the ones being put on blast. But I just want to say, like, this happens in so many churches that we can't just look at the ones that are big. We need to look at the ones we're in and see, like, hey, is there spiritual abuse happening? How do I go about that in a biblical way? And that can look different for different people. So, but the Bible is very clear of how we deal with that conflict. But yeah, I'm going to move on. That is an incredible question. And I'm totally open to discussing more about it. I just think I want to keep it pretty broad um, for now. But that's a great question. So the next Question is, you talked on your last podcast about sexual purity. I lost my purity when I wasn't following Christ with my whole heart, but now I feel shame and I think that I won't be accepted as a woman worth marrying. Okay. So, I def- this is definitely a difficult question because I think there can be different opinions about it, but um, this is my podcast, so I get to give my opinion. (laughs) Um, I do want to say that, yeah, like, this is a lie from the enemy, honestly. Although, like I said last, last episode, like, I do think, like, purity is the goal, but that's purity. I'm not just talking about virginity. Like, we can be pure, like, just because you have your virginity doesn't mean that you necessarily have your purity. Because I didn't. I did not have my purity. But I had my virginity. And I think that that's a pretty, like, touchy subject. Um, but to be accepted, I think especially, like, when we, when we give our lives to Jesus, we are a new creation in Him. His word's very clear about that. There, there are lots of scriptures that that point us to that truth and there's also the truth that there is no condemnation in those who are of Christ Jesus and I believe that I think that the enemy loves to point at our past and think that that still somehow defines us we learn from our past and we move forward as a new creation in Christ and if someone won't accept you because of mistakes you've made and things that you've, yeah, like mistakes you've made, okay, then they're sinning, honestly, and they're, they're being very judgmental, and we all fall short. I think there is a difference between actively pursuing purity and, you know, and not. I think if you, you know, as a Christ follower, like, we need to actively pursue that purity, 
And if you're not and you're tempting someone, that's one thing for them to be like, hey, like, I just don't think I can be with you. Like, you're you're kind of putting me in these situations and I just don't think that, like, you know, that's good for me. But if you, you know, have made mistakes in the past, but you definitely are pursuing a more pure future, then you will be accepted by the man that God has put for you. Because anyone that tells you otherwise is a liar. So don't feel shame. Don't feel condemnation because that's not of God. Like that is the, straight from the enemy himself. And I hate giving him credit, honestly, because he's literally trash. But it's the truth. Like he's he's going to lie to you. He's going to deceive you into thinking that, well, I'm already, I'm already like so far gone. I might as well just go even deeper. Like that's what he wants from us. There's an ambulance. Lord be with them. Always makes me really sad and scared. That's a good question though. Next question. What's the difference in being confident and being arrogant? I struggle with this one. Not gonna lie. Um, I think confidence, especially for a Christ follower, I think the difference between being confident and arrogant is that confidence, our confidence is found in Jesus and who we are in him. Our arrogance is found in who we are, who we think we are, who we try to, who we try to be. And we're always going to fall short in that. Arrogance, I think, comes from a place of insecurity. And confidence comes from a place of security. So, you know, I'm, for instance, like, I'm confident that I'm, what am I confident in? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm trying to think of a good example here. Like, I'm confident that I, I can lead worship, that I can sing. I'm confident that I'm called to do that. But I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm the only one that can do that and that I'm the best at it and that no one could ever be better than me. Like, that's stupid. And that honestly would come from a place of, of arrogance and insecurity. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about that one. That's pretty black and white to me. Always choose confidence. Always choose confidence. Do not listen to the arrogant voice in your head. Also, confidence doesn't get offended, but arrogance does. Because arrogance has everything to do with your ego. And like I said, it's all stemming from insecurity. Arrogant people reek of insecurity to me. It's really funny, honestly. Like, And and again, I I think in the past, I've struggled with this, and I struggle with, being confident or just being self-loathing and really finding that balance of humility and confidence. So, but I think pure confidence promotes humility as well. That's a great question. I love that question. This next question says, I know God forgives me for all of my mistakes, but I still feel guilty. How do I move on from my past and forgive myself? I don't know. I struggle with this too, y'all. I, I shared last week of like some details of my past and mistakes I've made that hurt other people. And I mean, it's 
been like six, seven years. I don't know how many years. It's been almost 10 years since that's happened. And I struggle so hard to forgive myself. But I think it's, honestly, when we, when we give our lives to Christ, a part of the deal is that we're forgiven. And when we refuse to walk in that forgiveness, it's like a slap in the face to Jesus. We're, we're pretty much saying to him, yeah, what you did on the cross, not good enough. And that's terrible. And although I know we're not actively thinking that way, and we're thinking in a way like, I, almost like we're so undeserving of that love, but he gives it anyway, and that's the good news. So feeling guilty about something that you're forgiven for is just, you're just robbing yourself of the joy of the Lord. And I think, you know, how to combat that is prayer and, and worship and reading his word, reading who we are in him and the truth of, of the fact that we were bought with a price. We were, you know, all, all the Christian cliches that everyone wants to say that are true, but I, yeah, I would say, you know, it's of one day at a time, you know, you can't just move on like instantly. It's just a constant surrender and reminding yourself that you are forgiven and that you don't have to walk in that, that penalty anymore. You don't have to, to feel that shame and that guilt, you know, guilt and conviction are two different things, but you know, we can learn from it for sure. And I think too, you know, if there's ever a chance for you to reconcile, if there's ever a chance for you to like, if it's a situation where you need to apologize or maybe you need some closure, that always helps too, feeling guilty about something. Just telling the truth, um, opening up to someone you trust and be like, hey, like this is, this is a lot for me to carry on my own. I'd love to share this with you, you know? But it's not, it's not easy. It's, it's very hard to do this, but it's so worth it. And like I said, it's, it's not our place to carry that anymore. Next question. I know the Bible says do not fear, but I'm still afraid a lot. Does that mean I don't trust God enough? So I think when people when people tell someone that like struggles with anxiety or depression, um specifically specifically anxiety because I think a lot of fear comes in with that when someone meets that with well you just not you're not trusting God enough I think that in a way it's I think it's circumstantial you know I'm not going to just like make a blanket statement but I think in a way that's spiritual abuse because Although trusting in the Lord is absolutely vital to to our walk with Him, there's still going to be fear because we are human. In our carnal nature, there is fear. But it does say in His Word, do not fear. It's not an option. He's saying, don't. It's a command. Do not fear. For I am with you. I will never forsake you. Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. And I think that most of the time 
when I'm feeling the most afraid and the most fearful is when I'm thinking about my situation and I'm obsessing over it and I'm trying to control it. Like, I, like I've talked about in past episodes, I really struggle with control and the lack of control in my life brings fear to my life. And it's scary because I know that if I just let go of that control and I just let let it work itself out, let God work it out, I'm going to be okay. Literally on the way home today, I was literally telling myself, Morgan, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Because I know the truth. But it's reminding myself of that truth. And reading the Bible, I'm telling you, it changes the game. You're fearful? Read his word. Let him talk to you. Don't go talk to just some church person that's just going to say, just trust God. Like, and if you're that person doing that to someone, stop. Like, just stop. And if you're going to say that, give some context. Say, hey, all I can tell you is to trust in the Lord. But here's how I, I practically trust in the Lord. Here's, here's some steps I take to trust in him. I read his word. I pray. I, you know, take a day for myself and I, I take care of myself or whatever that might be. I just, it doesn't mean that you don't trust God enough. Um, it, it probably just means that your focus is a little off or your, um, your surroundings are screaming to you that you need to control the situation. But I'm really sorry that you struggle with fear, and that is something that as our world becomes more and more crazy, more and more fear is going to come from that, and a lot of people make money off of fear. And it's just probably going to get worse in that way. But knowing that we have a, a firm foundation in, in Christ, knowing that we have a hope for a future and an eternity, that helps relieve some of that fear. But I'm not going to say that in the snap of a finger, it's just going to go away. Because just like anything else, it's not going to. But it's a daily surrender, and it's, that's why spending time with the Lord is so vital to us in our walk with Him. <laughs> that's a really good question, though. I, I, really, I hope I did that question justice. And I hope you're not walking away thinking that I'm just another voice saying, you need to trust in the Lord more. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Because that's not what I'm saying. I'm just hoping that I can give you some practical steps that I try to take. Um... But at the end of the day, having people in your life and in your corner that you can go to and talk to when you are struggling is very important as well. So this is the last question. And it seems like it's a little more lighthearted. Maybe. We'll see. It says, can you talk a little more about your experience in the entertainment industry? What did you like? What did you not like? What drew you away from it? Would you recommend someone else getting involved in it? Okay. So, yeah, like, if you haven't listened to other episodes, it, um, 
I share in there like some of my experience in the industry and by no means am I a veteran or anything like that. I definitely just kind of dipped my toes in and realized I did not want to swim in that water. (laughs) And I walked away from it and I don't regret it at all. What did I like? I loved the connections that I made with with certain people. Um, the the people that were on my EP that uh, produced it, that played on it, like just some great people that, like I said last episode, were just really kind to me and very gracious to me. And obviously, I love music. I love singing. I love writing. I love the moment when you have been stuck on a line and you're like oh my gosh I have it like I literally had this moment last night with my friend Caitlin that I write with I had several of these moments but it was just like oh my gosh this is perfect this is great and then singing it and it working and it's just like just creating something like that it's just so amazing what did I not like about it um pretty much everything else um I hate the the surface level acquaintance vibe that in the music industry and it's probably in other industries as well and it's probably even in my industry that I'm in just this whole like people using you to get ahead people looking at you thinking how can I how can my connection to you promote myself that is one of my least favorite things I've ever experienced because it was just like, ew, like this is so transactional and that's just not, I don't think that's how this is supposed to be. And two, just the, the sexualization of women and men and just people in general in this industry for no good reason. Like, I can understand maybe where they're coming from, but I don't know. It's just like this cop out, this you've got to have the whole package type of thing. Like, you're some kind of prized cow, and you're like, your owner is trying to like sell you to everyone. And it's just, it just feels very fake because it is and there's there's a reason that a lot of people in this industry struggle with substance abuse and they struggle with suicide and a lot of these dark heavy things and and no one knows there's a reason no one knows um it's just sad to me I think you know not to say that everyone experiences that and not to say that I hate the industry because obviously I enjoy what comes out of it most of the time but I just think it's dangerous. It's a dangerous line, for sure. Would I recommend someone else getting involved in it? Um, Yes and no. I think it depends on who you are. I think it depends on your uh, support system that you have. I think that there's a lot of people out there with ill intentions that just want to rob you of whatever that might be, take advantage of you, however that might be. Um, But I think if you have a passion for it and it's something that you want to pursue, then do it. Not everyone has my story. Not everyone's like me. 
And I believe that I was taken out of it for a reason. And, you know, I still write music all the time, and it's not always worship music, and I plan to release those songs pretty soon. Um, but I'm not necessarily going to be a part of the industry in the way that I was trying to be because I soon realized just how detrimental it was to my health. So, but yeah, I, like I said, I, not everyone's like me, but I love this question and I love answering questions about, about that. They're not always the easiest ones to answer because it's, it was a very interesting time in my life. (laughs) I was so, so incredibly young, but these were great questions today. Uh, I really hope that you've taken something away from them. I hope that my words have have helped you in some kind of way or answered your question the way that you wanted it to be answered. But like I said, you are always welcome to ask questions through my Instagram or through the link in the podcast. And yes, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining for one more episode. I will see you guys next week.